opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Welcome to this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. Today's date is February 24th, 2021, and we are scheduled to be speaking with two African-American doctors, Dr. Arnold Bullock and Dr. Lannis Hall, and we want to speak with them today about prostate cancer and black men. For those that don't know, black men have a higher incident of being diagnosed with prostate cancer than other groups. And so one out of seven black men in the United States getting diagnosed with prostate cancer is an issue. It's it's a big issue. Um, It just seems that when it comes to black men and health, that we are disproportionately impacted uh, by these diseases, by these illnesses. So um, let me just, We've yet to have them on uh, call in to the show to uh, get this started. So let me just go ahead and do something behind the scenes to see if we can get them on uh, here today to talk about this very issue of black men and prostate cancer. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. We'll be back on the other side. Okay, let me just turn up y'all audio just a little bit so I can hear you. Uh, I understand y'all been very busy today. I'm glad that we were able to connect with you on this very important issue as I was of prostate cancer in black men. As I was just telling my audience, um, I just recently had my prostate exam at the local VA hospital and, you know, I was Quite, it was quite good to hear that you're cancer-free. I guess it's good to hear that anytime you know you go to a doctor um, dealing with such issues to learn that you're cancer-free. So um, I do understand we have you for a limited time, so I just want to jump right into it. Um, I want to again inform the audience that prostate cancer, while it's one of the most commonly diagnosed cancers in men in the U.S., is more common, aggressive, and deadly among black men compared to other racial groups, one in seven black men will be diagnosed with this disease. And so joining us is Drs. Arnold Bullock and Lannis Hall. And they'll be sharing with us important information on what all men, but especially black men, should be doing about prostate cancer. So let me give you a more formal welcome. Welcome to Black Talk Radio News. Thank you, Scotty. This is Arnold Bullock, urologist. And I'm Lannis Hall, a radiation oncologist, and thank you for having us, Scotty. Oh, you're most certainly welcome. I guess I want to just start with Dr. Bullock, and I'll be alternating between you two with questions. Um, But Dr. Bullock, the first question I have for you when I was um, talking to my moms about you know, prostate cancer when I was going to have my exam and I was telling her, you know, that it impacts black men more than anyone else here in the United States. And her first question was why? Why are black men uh, diagnosed with prostate cancer more than anyone else? So one, there's things that we can alter and things that we can't. 
it seems that our chance of getting prostate cancer as African-American men, it's not clear what we can do to lower our chances of getting the, the disease. It is clear what we can do to dramatically lower our chances of dying of the disease. So it is true that we, we're 70% more likely to get prostate cancer than a white American. Um, but if we participate in screening and we pick our cancer up early, then we should be just as likely to be cured of it as any other group. Um, yeah, and, but that doesn't really answer my question, Doctor. Um, I, I guess um, I guess I'll go to Doctor Hall because I have a question for her that that might expand on what you gave, what you just mentioned to us. So, Doctor Hall, what are some of these risks and, and symptoms of prostate cancer? Um, and you know what? How is these things differing from black men versus men of other races? Scotty, I hear you. You you want to be able to tell your men, hey, you go out and you start exercising or you eat five to nine fruits and vegetables or lay off that fast food, you're going to decrease your risk. I wish I could sit here today and tell you that, but we can't because what we don't know is why there is such a high incidence in African-American men. And we do know that these are the risk factors. Things we can't change. It's a disease of older men. The median age is about 69 years old. For African-American men, a little bit younger, it's 66. Um, It's related to your family history. If you have multiple family members who have had a diagnosis of prostate cancer, it increases your risk that you may have uh, a diagnosis. If you have a lot of women in your family with breast cancer or you have a woman in your family known to have a genetic mutation, it is linked to prostate cancer increased risk too. Or, um, as we just said, if you're of African-American descent, then you have a much higher risk. Those are all what we call non-modifiable. We can't change that. We can't change our age, our family lineage, nor our ethnicity or race. So then we get to symptoms and say, well, are there things we can look out for early on, like blood in the urine, changing urination? That There are no early signs and symptoms of prostate cancer. But we do have an excellent test that is simple to do called a PSA that can be done at the time of your visit to your family physician, your health care provider. It takes a teaspoon of blood, and it gives you a snapshot of the health of your prostate. And it has been revolutionary in reducing the risk of men presenting from metastatic disease, which is incurable, to localized disease where survival is over 99%. So we have something men can do, and that is advocate for that blood test. Thank, thank you. And, and Dr. Bullock, um, please forgive me, but, you know, um, the answer was we just simply don't know, and that's okay. That's okay if we don't know uh, why black men right. get these things, you know, uh, get, get this uh, particular cancer, prostate cancer, more than others. Now, um, as I stated, I just recently had my first exam. I'm 54 years old. Uh, going back to what Dr. Yeah. Hall was saying, um, I don't have a family history of people having any type of cancer whatsoever, um, grandfathers, whether on my mom's side or whether on my father's side. And so based on that history, 
of not having these indicators, as Dr. Hall um, stated, then I guess, you know, it was likely that I would have been determined not to be impacted by prostate cancer since I didn't have any of that in my family history. But so I got mine done when I was 54 years old. What what is a good age? for black men to get tested for prostate cancers? Is there a specific age range or other criteria? I, you know, I didn't know the VA, you know, I, I'm a veteran. So the VA just, uh, my doctor said, Hey, we need to schedule you for a prostate cancer. So that's a, a, a prostate exam. So that's how mine came about. Not because I was following any kind of guidelines. So again, well, that, should... that's, Go ahead, that, that's great that your physician recommended it. Um, but, you know, at, so we recommend that as an African-American, even without a family history of prostate cancer, that a man consider getting a PSA, his first PSA at age 40 or 45. The American Cancer Society suggests 45. Um, if you have a family member who has prostate cancer then, and, and you're white, we recommend that you get it at age 45. Man, if you're African-American and you have a family Remember, that puts you at even higher risk, so you might consider getting your first PSA at age 40. So the thing is, is that you cannot wait until you have symptoms, because when a problem is real small, we're trying to pick it up before you can feel it, before it's spread to other parts of your body, before you have troubles urinating or start losing weight. If you wait until you have these symptoms, you, you probably have waited a bit too long. Mm, reduce your chances for surviving the disease. Um, right. Right. Can I give you a statistic, Scotty? Yes, if we yes, find yes. prostate cancer when it's localized, survive, mm-hmm. the survival is over 90%. If we find prostate cancer when it's spread to other parts of the body, the survivorship at five years is 30%. I'm trying to get to that 100%. I think most people are too, right? Yes. Yes. Now, this next this next question, um, Dr. Bullock again. Black men, are we really reluctant to have these type of conversations with our physicians about prostate cancer, and and why you think that is? Because you know, again, being a black male, being around other black males. Um, who talk about things? Being a black male in the talk radio industry, I can't, I can't really tell you that over the past thirteen years I've been doing uh, media targeting black people and listening to other people who do the same. There's not a whole lot of conversations going on about about our health. So what, you know, what, you're doing what, such a wonderful job. You're doing such a wonderful job giving your own personal history of your PSA screen, and it actually highlights some of the issues. Um, one, people are not talking about it. You know they have the African-American Barbers Tour where we were encouraging some of our um, black barber shops to put up literature and, 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 and just informing the barbers about prostate cancer screening. They said, while you're sitting there waiting for your haircut, you know, you can, you can engage in this conversation. But, you know, you're 54. You're, I'm sure everybody in your community knows who you are, and yet at age 54 you hear about this need to talk about prostate cancer. And using you as an example, you weren't offended by your doctor suggesting you get a PSA screen. I don't think blacks are offended or don't want to have this discussion. The problem is the health care providers 
are just not bringing up this very important subject in our community. So therefore, we need men like yourself and hopefully like Dr. Hall and myself to try to get out to tell the people themselves, um, hey, you need to ask about this test. It's the most common cancer you could get, and it's the second leading cause of cancer death, and it is preventable through screening and early detection. Mm. The death is preventable, not the disease, right. but, you know, terrible outcomes mm. are preventable. Yes. You know, um, this is, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Hall. Did you have something to add to what he said? I do, and I just wanted to say that so, just like your mom asked, why is the incidence so high? Many people ask, why is the mortality so high? And what we have found out is if you're treated in a quality medical center and you're getting guideline-directed care, if you are getting care according to the risk group and the stage of disease, your outcomes are no different. So this tells you where disparity of care is introduced in the healthcare system, where delays in diagnosis, not the appropriate treatment, um, is all part of the mix of this higher mortality for African-American men. But the, the, the message here, the powerful message is you advocate for yourself and you get quality treatment and the right treatment, your outcomes are going to be just as good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do want to add that about 10 years ago, I was contacted by, and I can't even remember her name. It's been so long ago, but she's been in a couple of movies, what I would call a B-list uh, uh, actress. And she's a, she African-American, and she contacted me to have a conversation about prostate cancer. And I was like, that's odd. Why is this black woman calling me, asking me to have a, con- a conversation about prostate cancer? And what it was is, her father had been diagnosed and passed away. And and then, you know, it, during that conversation in that interview I had with her, one of the things she pointed out was the lack of education. And I think this kind of speaks to right. why we may not be having these conversations. And, she's, and one of the things I always remember she said was, you look at the NFL, predominantly African-American men, players, and, and now even a lot of us are coaches now. And then every, you know, during Cancer Awareness Month, you know, they're wearing the pink towels or the pink, you know, right. shoes or whatever to raise awareness about breast cancer. But shouldn't they also, as being those men who are at high risk of prostate cancer, doing something to raise awareness about something that can affect them and their father? So that's how I first, you know, uh, uh, became aware of prostate cancer and African-Americans being at risk because of this African-American woman who lost her father. And, you know, and a so lot of the men who... Go ahead, sorry, Arnold. A lot of the men who come out for screening or participate in just routine health care as African-American men is because the wives, the mothers, like in your case, your sisters are calling you, or they may be listening to this program right now, and we hope that they call their loved ones and say, hey, look, I heard about this test called the PSA. Um, brother, won't you go get it tested? Um, so that's why this, this type of social, you know, or, or, or media campaign is so important. Mm-hmm. Dr. And, Hall, it's an you know, Yeah, I was just going to add that since uh, we've been dealing with the pandemic, 
Um, and the fact that primary care physicians have some uh, confusion and controversy around the importance of PSA, what you're doing is so important because we have one out of five men who are routinely getting screened. So that means there are a lot of men and a lot of African-American men who are high risk not getting screened with a simple blood test, even though they may be getting a blood test for other reasons every year. So it's a mm. continual missed opportunity, continual missed opportunity, and it can be a life changer. So what we're doing today saying just advocate for yourself and know the health of your prostate gland because it really may be a game changer for you. You know, Scott, there's a um, there's a myth out there that people don't die of prostate cancer. They die with it. But if we realize that there's more African-American women as we get older in society than men, there are more women than men, and you mm-hmm. look at, you know, 40,000 women who die of breast cancer every year, there's 30,000 American men who die from prostate cancer. So to suggest that prostate cancer is not a deadly disease, it doesn't have to be. But at present, it is. And the way to reduce these numbers, and it's been shown that we can, is that if people get screened, your chances of being diagnosed with disease outside of your prostate, spread to other parts of your body, is under 5%. Less than 5 out of 100 have cancer spread at the time of diagnosis if you've been getting PSA screening. Mm-hmm. Another thing. Think about this number. One one out of 41 white American men die of prostate cancer, but okay. one out of 25 African-American wow. men die of prostate cancer. Wow. So one out of 25 is huge. Yes, it is. Um, that's, that's a pew. You put, you can, yeah, that's a pew at church. Mm. So, and this does not have to be. Mm-hmm. Not when survival is over 99% if found when it's localized. And all you need to do is scream routinely, and we just said only one out of five men are doing that. So we, we really have an opportunity to change the game for a lot of suffering in families. Um, real, real quick, because I was thinking about, you know, this issue over the past week. And one of the factors when it comes to African-Americans in general, African-American males specifically, I think is our lack of access to health care to even get screened in the first place. And that's why I'm a strong advocate and I'm not asking, you know, either of you your opinion about Medicare for all, but I have been a strong advocate um, for such programs because I can tell you there's a lot of black men right now in my community who are unemployed or underemployed and they do not have insurance since a lot of us get insurance through an employer. And, you know, a lot of them aren't, don't have veteran status like I do. And, and therefore, a lack of health care is, I believe, it, it. and again, you know, this is just anecdotal evidence, but I believe lack of access to health care is the number one reason why we're seeing such a, a disproportionate outcomes. Any thoughts on that? And you are right. You know, there there are many avenues to get a PSA screen at churches and, you know, hospitals have community screenings. But then once you get screened, how do you go to the point of getting a biopsy? How do you point of getting x-rays and treatment? And uh, to be the richest country in the world, you know, there are a lot of 
um, countries like Germany where even visitors get get medical care if they need it. And yes. so it's really yes. shameful that we – I'm with you, Scott, but that's just a personal opinion, you know, that, that we should have access to health care for all Americans. And, and this is what we have to advocate for because, Scotty, you just said, I have access to the VA health system, and we have studies coming out of the VA where there's equal access to care for black men and white men because the only underlying features did you serve that there is no difference in outcome between African-American men and white men in an equal access care system like the VA. But you get out into society and you look at the survivorship of African-American men compared to white men, and that's when you see the doubling of mortality. And you are absolutely right. It's access to care. So I, I make no bones about the fact that Medicare for All or universal health care or providing men the avenue to get screened and treatment in a timely fashion should be a right. And we're not seeing that, and that is one of the reasons that we see these racial inequities in survivorship. Mm. Now, Dr. Um, Dr. Bullock, you just raised something um, that piqued my interest. You mentioned churches having these screening events, these PSAs uh, uh, that you call them, these prostate um, blood tests so that you can, you know, determine whether or not you have it or or not, if there's any signs or any symptoms of it. And we know er, uh, getting tested early is, is key. How can, let's say, I live right next door to a church. I actually do live right next door to, to a church. Um, we actually sold them that property. Um, there's another black church right a uh, half a mile down the road. Actually, there's two, half a mile down the road. How can black churches or any other civic-minded organizations help in this endeavor to get more of us tested, black men specifically? Is there? Now, I is, think you're in Los Angeles. I think, I think you're in Los Angeles, aren't you, Scotty? Aren't you in Los Angeles? No, I'm in North Carolina. Oh, you're in North Carolina. I'm sorry. So, um, so what happens is, like our Prostate Cancer Coalition in St. Louis, um, you know, many churches have health fairs, and so associated with um, Washington University or our Prostate Cancer um, um, Support Group called the Empowerment Network in St. Louis, we send volunteers and, and phlebotomists to go to many health fairs Well, we'll draw the PSA at a health fair being held at a church. But generally speaking, you can call hospitals and ask, do they have a free PSA screening um, options or, or activities? Sometimes in September, Prostate Cancer Month, you know, various organizations. You could call American Cancer Society and see mm-hmm. if they are aware of screening events in your local community. Um, but unfortunately, it's not uniform around the country, right? Um, mm. And so that's the challenge. So that's why I say that a man or his wife or his significant other need to, when you do see a physician or getting your blood test, that you should ask to have your PSA drawn. Be proactive. And, Scotty, around the country there are federal qualified health centers. We call them FQHCs that deliver um, free care to people who are uninsured, and a PSA usually is part of that workup. Okay, good. Now, PSA, if you can remind us what that stands for so that we can be sure that our doctor 
knows what we're asking for. What? So PSA stands for prostate-specific antigen, and it's a simple blood test. You need a teaspoon of blood. That's it, and you can get it at the same time that you get your cholesterol checked or blood glucose level. And it's giving you a snapshot of the health of the prostate glands. Typically, there might be another test that your urologist or your primary care physician may do because if your PSA is elevated, it does not have to mean at all that you have prostate cancer because there are other conditions that are normal that can lead to an elevation in the PSA. So that's why this blood test gives a lot of information, but it doesn't make the diagnosis. So diagnosis is made by a biopsy. Okay. Okay. So that so if we were to come back positive, I guess, with this PSA, then is the time that we want to schedule a full prostate exam. So if your PSA is elevated, so this is one of the things. Um, some people say to make it simple, if your PSA is above four, you should have a discussion with the prostate cancer specialist. That doesn't necessarily mean um, you know, a, a biopsy right off the bat. Um, it's very dependent on age, other medical problems other that you might have. But okay. another thing to consider is, is that the reason for having a yearly PSA or a PSA baseline at a young age is suppose your PSA used to be one and now it's three and a half. It's below mm-hmm. four, but something's not right. Why did it go from one to four? One mm-hmm. to three and a half, right? So okay. something's not right. You know, why, why does a person weigh 200 pounds who's not exercising all of a sudden weigh 130? I don't think you change your diet that much. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's not the actual number. It's how things change that can be very alarming. So to know that change, you need to know your number. Okay. Now, after a diagnosis, and this is a question for Dr. Hall, after a diagnosis, what advice would you give to people and their loved ones to help navigate the treatment process? Again, this is after a diagnosis. Understood. I would say the first thing is you've got to become an informed consumer. That means you need to know some basic facts. What is your PSA? What is the grade of disease? That means your Gleason score, how aggressive is your prostate cancer, and what's the stage? Is it confined to the prostate or has it spread to neighboring organs or outside the gland? That all, those three things funnel into risk group. Are you in low, intermediate, or high risk? And if you are in low risk where you have a small volume of disease and a very slow-growing prostate cancer, many times we recommend watching it carefully. We call that active surveillance. We do PSAs, digital rectal exams, and also monitor with a 3T MRI. We may find that that prostate cancer never progresses, and we can avoid treatment. On the other hand, we might find that we have a window of opportunity because we found a highly aggressive prostate cancer that requires now a discussion. So what I'm saying, Scotty, is there should not ever be a one and done with this disease after you've had a diagnosis. One and done, meaning I've seen one doctor and now I've taken care of it. You should have a multidisciplinary discussion because there are surgical options and radiation options and sometimes a combination of therapy that may be the right way to go. Because you also have to talk about what are the side effects of treatment. 
Um, what's the risk of sexual dysfunction or changes in my urination? What's my plan for that? So that's when you have to become an informed consumer and advocate for your care. Where 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 is a website that people can go and get more information that you recommend? So one of the websites that we recommend, um, well, you can you can never go by wrong by looking at the American Cancer Society's website because they put it in very plain lay people's um, terminology that most folks can understand. But you can also go to knowyourprostateplan.com. And knowyourprostateplan.com. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, I want to thank you both, and I want to give you each an opportunity to to make some uh, final comments as we get ready to wrap up this broadcast. And, again, I thank you both for uh, joining me. Uh, We'll start with you, Dr. Hall. What are your final thoughts on the uh, topic of prostate cancer in black men that you would like to impart to our listeners? That I want men to stay in the game. I want them to be here for their families and their communities, and it begins with a simple blood test called a PSA and advocating for their care because what we have found out is if we diagnose this disease early and treat it effectively, Outcomes are no different, and that means over 99% survival in early-stage prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Dr. Lannis Hall. Uh, Dr. Bullock, Dr. Bullock, what are your final uh, comments for our listening audience today? And, again, I just think what you're doing, uh, both of you are doing, and with the, those you are working with is very, very important because we need to have more of these conversations about black health in black media. Yes. So first of all, you know, Dr. Hall and I work with a whole group of people here in St. Louis who are also trying to get the word out, even though it's just the two of us on this show. But the word is that your most common cancer you could get is prostate cancer. If you don't have a history of smoking, um, then the most common type of cancer death you could get is prostate cancer. Um, And as African-American men, we are at much greater chance of getting it and dying of it, we can, we can improve that statistic by going to see a physician or a practitioner and asking for a PSA um, if we're over the age of 45. Prostate cancer does not have to change your ability to have intercourse. It does not have to change the way you urinate. And you can live a normal, active life doing everything you normally would do even though you've had your prostate treated. Your prostate is only there to help you father children. And at 60, 65, you're not trying to have any more children anyway. (laughs) At least some of us not. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, again, um, I want to thank you both for this very important work and to let you know that the door is always open to Black Talk Radio News and the Black Talk Radio Network, as we have a number of black broadcasters who I think uh, might be interested in having this conversation with you. But again, I want to thank you both and and uh, wish you a blessed day. Rest of your day. Uh, Mr. Reed and the listeners on Black Talk Radio, thanks for having us. All right. Thank you, Patty. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. 
You have been listening to Black Talk Radio News. We just got through talking to Dr. Arnold Bullock and Dr. Lannis Hall about black men and our higher rates of being diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, just please do what they said. When you reach a certain age, you need to go ahead and ask for this PSA test. And hopefully it'll come back normal. Um, but if not, then you have detected early, detected something was wrong early, and then you can uh, request, you know, a specialist like Dr. Landis Hall was recommending. So if you find that this podcast is constructive, please share it with others. Um, please share it. And one thing I will also note that I have uh, seen cases where women, women uh, have succumbed to prostate cancer. Um, and that was kind of shocking. Um, but more than anyone, it's black men in high incidence of prostate cancer that we need to address because, you know, we need everybody. We need everybody. All right. This has been Scotty Reed with this Black Talk Radio news broadcast. Please continue to support the production of independent black media. You can make a tax-deductible donation to the Black Talk Media Project, and you can do that via blacktalkradionetwork.com. Peace and blessings to all. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Black Talk Radio since 2008, providing new black media for the masses.